Welcome to the NextGen Work Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Ross. I help leaders support working parents so that they can recruit and retain the best people. Join me as I interview experts and provide insights into the struggles that parents and caregivers face in the workplace. Learn how your business can become a place where parents feel included, supported, and valued. Being a family-friendly business isn't just a nice-to-have anymore. For the next generation and those that are raising them, it is critical. Today, I'm chatting with Amanda Hall, a transition teacher who now works for an ed tech company. Amanda's son has special needs, which makes childcare a little tricky sometimes. But her new work-from-home position and supportive boss have made a huge difference for her and her family. I hope you enjoy this conversation. All right. So welcome. Thank you for joining me on Playgrounds and Paychecks today. Um, can we get started just by telling the listeners a little bit about you, like your what you do, your family? Yeah. So I am Amanda Hall. I am a product marketing and design lead at um, Canopy Ed. And um, I've been in this role for about nine months now. Um, I have a son who's six years old. He, um, has an intellectual disability. So we do have some, you know, challenges with that. And, um, I have a husband who's a professor. So we both have somewhat flexible schedules that works out really nicely for us. It's a luxury. I know not everyone has. Um, and yeah, that's me in a nutshell. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Well, I'm excited to kind of dive into, um, you know, talking about this with you. So I know that you used to be a teacher. So of course, like in the summers, you had that time, quote unquote, off, and didn't have to worry about that summer childcare. But over this past summer, um, you kind of did have to struggle with that a bit. Can you kind of share a little bit about your struggle because you had like working from home, but you still needed somebody to help, you know, take care of your son so you could do your work? Yes, with my son's disability, and I'm sure this is true of many kids, not just children with disabilities, but he is not the child that is going to entertain himself, even though he's six, you know, so we definitely, um, you know, I'm working full time in the summers now. And so we had to find a sitter. Um, We had a sitter lined up. I tested someone over spring break. She's fantastic. She herself was a teacher um, and wanted to work over the summer. And then she told me a week and a half before she was supposed to start that she changed her mind and thought she was going to burn out if she worked in the summer. So that fell apart. And we were scrambling to find someone. Um, This was a week and a half before we needed someone and like two days before we were leaving to go out of the country. So... (laughs) Um, we like super fast, put something on care.com, interviewed a few people. Um, we are living in a college town. So that does bring, you know, college students and whatnot, Mm -hmm. though a lot of them do go home in the summers. (laughs) Um, yeah, Yeah, we've ran into that too. (laughs) Yeah. So we were able to find someone that was adequate, (laughs) (laughs) Um, since I work from home, it Uh made me feel a little more comfortable that like, I'm able to kind of hear and see what's going on. But also since I work from home, my son still obviously gravitates to me and wants me. So that comes with a lot of interruptions throughout the day. 
And when you're doing all kinds of work, that makes it difficult. But especially when I'm sitting and trying to do design work and I'm being interrupted every 20, 30 minutes, like I couldn't get into that like flow of concentration. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, I understand. Um, We were chatting a little before I hit record that I was sick last week. So my kids were home all week and I called in some help on like Sunday to try to get caught up on work. So we had uh, two high school girls here playing with the kids for like four hours on Sunday. And I thought I would get so much done and like, not really. <laughs> because no. the kids still want me, you know, I had to literally lock myself in the office and be like, take them outside just to have a little bit of time. Um, because yes. even though, you know, you hire somebody else to be in the house and help you out, um, you know, the kids still know you're there. And when they're young, um, they just don't understand, you know, that Mm -hmm. mom isn't the person I should go to right now. (laughs) Yes. Once I felt comfortable enough with her, I did start like coffee shop hopping. Yeah. And and that went well. It was interesting. It was kind of fun to be in a new place like all the time. And also like, I don't know, it's nice to be able to like eat a real lunch and not eat out every day when I work from home, you know, or like not just starve until four (laughs) o'clock. Yes. And I feel like there's so much more involved with like getting all of your stuff together to go to the coffee shop or something. And I don't know Mm -hmm. about you, but I've got like a second monitor at home and it's really hard for me to work without that second monitor, even though I used to do it all the time. Like now I find myself dragging things off the screen when even the monitor isn't there. I'm like, oh, wait. Yes. I love that second monitor, but it also made me want a larger laptop. I never understood. I was like, laptops are portable. Why would you want a big one? But especially now that I do design work and then I would be like on the go all the time. I now see the value in larger laptops. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, So of course he's in school now and you said he's like six. So I'm guessing first kindergarten, first grade. So we're in there. But a few years ago, before he started school, did you have any like extra challenges finding care for him? because of his uh, intellectual disabilities? Yeah, so my son's disability mostly manifests in his ability to communicate. So um, he does do some, you know, sign language and he does speak, but he's six and he speaks at like a um, three to four year old level. Um, so, and that's now. So before he was, you know, four, it would be really difficult to find people who were comfortable with how he communicates, but also his energy level is like way up here. Like if yeah. you're a sitter that thinks you're going to like be on your phone or like sit down and watch a movie with him, like, no, you, you're running. Like every yeah. sitter that I've ever had is like, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted now. <laughs> And so it's hard to find sitters that don't burn out with him. Like even the ones that are really fantastic that we've had, um, it's usually it's short term. We get a few months out of them and then that's, that's about it. Um, and he's not like a bad kid. He's not like mean or anything like that. He just has so much energy and is high needs and requires you to be like on him all the time. (laughs) So. Yes. And then we don't have family around either. So we definitely like, honestly, I don't know if our parents couldn't handle his energy level anyways at their ages, but also, you know, like I don't have anyone that's like, oh my gosh, I just need an hour to do this thing. Can you, you know, take him? So if it's always up to me, my husband or a sitter. Yeah, absolutely. So do you kind of have like 
a roster of sitters you can call on for like date nights and stuff. I know we have like three or four girls I kind of cycle through. <laughs> yeah, we have this like rotating list. So I actually, one of my former students is on our list right now. <laughs> um, she's a college student in the area. We have some of my husband's grad students for like backup emergency last minute things. And then we do have like a short list of like actual sitters as well. So <laughs> Yeah. Hey, those former students are great, though. That's like all of yes. ours. <laughs> um, so my husband is a park ranger and occasionally we'll get like the seasonal staff that come in the mm. summer. They're mostly like high school and college age. So we'll try to recruit them every summer. Yep. And then I've got some former students. And so, yeah, we've got like five or six different people that we can kind of see who's available when we need something. But um, yeah, that's a struggle of being you know far away from from family. You can't just yeah. like drop them off at grandma's and go on a date. It's, right. It's way more complicated. Yeah. Or even if like something comes up, like my dog needed to go to the vet one night when my husband yeah. was out of town and my son was asleep. And I was like, do I wake him up? Do he, does he sit in the emergency vet with me for like hours? So we actually, yeah. instead of having like a sitter, we called someone, one of my husband's grad students because he works with dogs. So his yeah. grad student was taking our dog to the vet for me, but yeah, it's just this whole, like, I don't know, children thing, especially when you have a spouse who is, you know, working or travels or, you know, those sorts of things, it can be tricky to navigate all of that. Yes, absolutely. I remember um, when I was pregnant with my second kid having that fear of like what if I go into labor in the middle of the night what am I gonna do like we can't bring a one-year-old with us to the hospital uh my family's all four hours away I'm like am I gonna be knocking on the neighbor's door or something like what do I do (laughs) (laughs) yep I never thought that I would be induced but like we ended up having to be induced for medical reasons and it actually was a huge relief to be able to like schedule a babysitter yeah. for going for into birth. labor, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. just the, the struggles of, you know, being far away from family, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, so you uh, transitioned out of teaching, mm-hmm. did like childcare, having that ability to work from home, like did any of that kind of play into why you wanted to leave teaching and like find something else? Yes, there were, but I... I was a teacher for nine years and I've taught elementary, middle, high school, science, English, like um, career, technical education. Like I've taught everything. I've never really taught the same thing two years in a row. And I loved that. I love teaching new things all the time. I really enjoyed my teaching job. Of course, there were challenges as there are with every job and especially every teaching job. But overall, I was in a good place. Like my admin trusted me. They left me alone. Um, but. I just was with, I really loved the lower level students. That is where I loved to be. Um, And seeing them, you know, nurturing them in terms of like emotional education as well as academic education. But I would go home so drained after giving that energy all day long to 120 different students, you know. And I had my own child at home that needed me. And so I actually talked to my principal about it and he was really receptive and I moved up to the highest level students. So I thought maybe that wouldn't take quite as much emotional energy. And it didn't. Of course, you know, upper level students still have emotional issues. So there were still things, but it wasn't that like behavior battle every day so much. 
And so it was a little easier, but I still felt like my son was getting the leftovers every day. And with him being high energy, high needs and having a disability, I felt like sometimes I was getting frustrated just because I'd been dealing with things all day and he deserved more patience. And so that is what led to me mostly what led to me wanting to leave the classroom was that for him. So I also, you know, like with his disability, he has like ARDS and IEPs and stuff all the time. And I go to these meetings all the time for my own students and miss class time constantly because for whatever reason, the counselors loved me being in those meetings. (laughs) So I was in them all the time. But then when it came to my own child having his meetings, it was so hard to find someone to cover a class just so I could attend a meeting and not have to take like a full day or a half day off to attend to my own child's educational needs, you know? And so that was really frustrating to me too, that I'm pouring into all these other kids and all these other families in my school community. And it was so hard to get them to give me just a little bit back for my own child. Yes, absolutely. I could so relate to that. Um, I felt the same way. You know, I was a band director and I had so many like after school commitments and weekend commitments and things. And I formed really close relationships with a lot of my band students because it was a small band. I had like less than 15 kids. So I knew all of their emotional baggage and they had a lot of it, some of them. Um, And that just starts to get really draining. And then you feel like you have nothing left. Um, And, you know, I was doing as much as I could for my students, but I still felt like sometimes it was um, like not enough, you know, just fighting the system and doing DCS reports and stuff like that. And it just gets so like, it just beats you down over time. And I felt like by the time I got home with my own kids, it was like an hour drive to daycare for me. So by the time I got home, it was cooked put them in bed. And that was it. So I was getting like 10 minutes an evening with my own kids and spending all day long with everyone else's kids. Um, So yeah, as much as I loved teaching, it just didn't work out for me long term once I had my own kids. Yeah, it was kind of a big wake up call for me too. that like, I always felt like my kid was getting kind of the leftovers. And then like, we're like, okay, we're gonna go do this like nice vacation over Thanksgiving break, um, go to like the Gaylord Palms and have this like nice little like Christmas kickoff, right? Yeah. And I spent part of that time on the phone multiple times with CPS discussing a student That was a former student of mine. He wasn't even a current student, but I had heard about some things that was going on because we did have a close relationship when he was my student two years ago. And so I was like scheduled this nice time for my family. And I was still on a holiday break on the phone with CPS, dealing with all this emotional stuff, fighting with them, trying to get this kid what he needs. And it's important. I definitely, I would take that call every single time and be okay with that. But again, I felt like it was taking away from that time I carved out for my family. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, exactly the same, like over the weekends, I'd be getting, you know, those phone calls or even having a a student like message me or tell me something or like, just want to chat or whatever. And like, absolutely. I wanted to do that for them. But at the same time, I wanted to be a mom and, you know, have the space to be a good mom. And I didn't feel like I was able to do both. Um, I've said, sometimes like because I left in the middle of the school year which a lot of people were like oh how could you do that to your students you don't love your students to leave in January um no I think I loved my students too much sometimes (laughs) um 
And that yeah. sounds weird, but like, I really did. I called them all my children <laughs> before I had kids. They called me Mama Ross. Like literally the band kids <laughs> would call me that because one student like messed up and called me mom one day um, because they spent more oh, time with how me than for them. <laughs> yes, yeah. But then they just made a running joke of it and called me Mama Ross for the last like three years that I was there. Um, so, I mean, I had a really great relationship with them. And I think sometimes I, I loved my students too much and they were getting more of me than my own kids were. Yes, I definitely relate to that. I am interrupting this episode to tell you about a new course I am offering for teachers. If you're a teacher who is planning to continue breastfeeding after maternity leave, or maybe you're already pumping at work, I encourage you to check out my mini course, Planning to Pump. This course will empower you to confidently pump breast milk for your baby, even as a busy teacher. The bite-sized, self-paced content will help you learn to advocate for yourself, understand your rights as a breastfeeding mom, and set yourself up for success. Learn more at playgroundsandpaychecks.com slash planning to pump. Now back to the episode. So um, I know that now that you do work from home, you've kind of been given the flexibility to be able to do like school pickups and stuff with your son. And that I'm sure is like totally different than um, when you were teaching. 100%. Yeah. So my first year outside the classroom, I still had a sitter that picked him up. But this year I decided um, I wanted to be that person. I wanted to work out my schedule and do that myself um, and have that extra time with him. So it wasn't just only rushing to like feed him dinner and put him to bed. Yeah. And so I told my boss, I was like, hey, I you know would need to leave my house at three so I can start my day at seven most days. And the days that I can, like I'll pick up an hour or two in the evening after he goes to sleep. And my boss was totally fine with that. And not only that on a daily basis, but like when my son has a day off of school, I thought I would have to take all those days out of PTO or find a sitter who was available just for like a day a month every here and there. Um, but I just flex my hours, whether that's, you know, working a Saturday to make up for the Friday or Monday or working, you know, an hour or two in the evening throughout the week to make up that day. Like my boss is totally fine. As long as he knows ahead of time that I'm going to be out that day and I can't take meetings, he's totally fine with it. And it has been a huge relief and such a game changer for me. I'm sure. Yeah, that is awesome. Um, it's, it's great that you have that and like that flexibility and that's um, I'm freelancing and that's like the main reason why is just because I needed that flexibility to be able to kind of set my own schedule. So it's great that even as an employee of, you know, you're able to do that too. Yes. Um, that's wonderful. So aside from like that flexibility, um, do you feel like there's anything else that um, you're, you know, boss, your manager has like done that is really, um, you know, kind of helpful or maybe past administrators that did something maybe not so helpful for you and like childcare or, you know, just being a working mom? Yeah. I mean, being a working mom, you know, there's so much like pressure and guilt to be, you know, like I'm at home, but I'm working. So I'm not like a stay at home mom. Like I can't like clean my house during the day or do all the laundry and stuff like that. Like I am working. And so I feel that like, I still feel that balance sometimes is a little hard to meet with getting all my house stuff done that I want to do and the kids stuff done and still being like my own person and like a wife who like goes on dates and stuff like that. Like it's, it's still a lot to juggle, but it is so much easier now because I do have that flexibility. And like, you know, my boss has a genuine 
concern and interest for what's going on as well, which is different for me. I had a supportive principal my last couple of years of teaching. I did not always, but I did it the last few years. But even then, like they're supportive of you as a teacher, not really as right. a person or a human or a mother. You know, if I needed a day off, it was like, do you really? And I'm like, yes, I need this day off. <laughs> like, my child is sick. He wants me. I am staying home. You know, I don't deal with that anymore. Like we had um, a, a little bit of a scare this summer where my son was diagnosed with seizures. And so we had a hospital stay and like all these, you know, electrodes doing the, you know, EEGs and everything and all this stuff. And it was super stressful, but my boss was totally supportive. Um, I didn't have to stress at all about work during that time. And he'll still ask me now, like, you know, weekly check-ins here and there. He'll ask, you know, how my son's doing, if his medication is working, all that kind of stuff, you know, and it's, he's not asking for any reason that relates to business. He's just asking about my life and my family and making sure everything is okay. Yeah. And that makes such a huge difference. Just having, um, you know, that like personal connection and feeling like they actually genuinely care about you as like a human being and a person and not just an employee. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I think people feel like with remote work too, like those relationships are hard, but like when I was in person, I interacted with my immediate team a lot, but in terms of the rest of the school, my administration, I barely even saw those people, let alone like have real conversations with them. So with remote work, like I still have those real conversations with my boss and my teammates all the time, you know, whether that's staying a little after talking to, you know, one of the people that I'm managing after our main meeting and like having a little check-in with her or, you know, our weekly check-ins with my boss, we do like icebreakers where we just ask general life questions that are completely unrelated to, you know, work and business, you know, like I'm having more real conversations with more people now than I was when I worked in person. Yeah, me too. And that feels so like uh, the opposite of what you would think it would be. I was so afraid of like being in this little work from home silo and not having any connections. But like, I've made connections with people all around the world and have actual real conversations with adults. Whereas when I was teaching, I was like the only person on the bottom floor, um, other than the cafeteria. So there would be days where I literally wouldn't talk to another adult, like, all day long. I was just talking to teenagers and kids, you know? So, um, yeah, I have more real conversations now. And then conversely too, like working from home, I also have that time where I can like, you know, shut the world out as well. Whereas sometimes when I was teaching with my team, like I had a wonderful team the last year teaching and we got along so well. Um, but there were times that I was like, I love you, but go away. I'm trying to work. (laughs) Get out of my room. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and so I feel like I have, when it comes to work specifically, I've reached that balance of like having time to focus and really shut everything out and like get my things done, but also have those like personal relationships as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it is really nice. Well, um, thank you so much. So before we leave, um, if anybody wants to connect with you, like where can they find you? I know you do a little help like with transitioning teachers. Um, Do you have a group for that? Yeah, I have a Facebook group called Transitioning Teachers. Um, It's run by me, and it's um, the one that has, we have 21,000 people in this group now, which is insane. A little less than a year ago, there were only um, 2,000. Wow. 
That's yes. awesome. So if you're a transitioning teacher looking for some help, we have resources there. Um, you can join the group, um, but people can also reach out to me on LinkedIn, Amanda Hall. There's 5,052 probably out there, but I'm the one in Lubbock, <laughs> Texas. <laughs> so that's how you can find me. It's clear from Amanda's story that the opportunity to work remotely and for a really supportive company can make a huge difference for working parents. Uh, We both understood the challenges that teachers face when trying to keep up with work and caring for their students while still having some energy left for their own kids in the afternoons. Um, I know that that struggle is real for many working parents with emotionally charged jobs, not uh, just teachers. If this episode resonated with you, please consider leaving a rating and a review wherever you're listening and sharing it with a friend. You can find the links to connect with Amanda or join her transitioning teacher group in the show notes. I'd also love to connect with you. Find me at Playgrounds and Paychecks on Instagram or Facebook. Take care.